The Atlanta Braves even up the series in game two as they get a masterful performance from Kyle Wright on the mound. And this time around, it was the Atlanta Braves offense turn to come up with some clutch two-out hitting after they did nothing against Zach Wheeler early in this game. But the offense does come through late. The bullpen shuts things down with a shutout as the Braves take game two, three to nothing, and now even up this series. We'll be talking about everything that happened in game two on this episode of Locked On Braves. So uh, let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. And you can download the Locked On Sports Atlanta app on Roku and Amazon Fire devices where you get this podcast as well as the post game, which me and Grant McCauley will have for you later tonight. I am Jake Mastriani. I'm your host of Locked On Braves. I'm also the co-editor over at TomahawkTake.com where you can read my Braves content in written form. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore brave. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. Hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. If you're new and you don't know, we post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and all um, available on all platforms. We'll have plenty of coverage for you throughout the postseason. And this is a live episode if you're listening uh, later or on audio once it's been posted. It's a live episode, so I see some people in the chat. We're going to take questions and comments in the second segment, so uh, be gearing up for that. But here I want to start out by just going over everything in game one. And obviously, you know, you had the rain delay, which the Braves finally got to have a night, day, night game in the NLDS, which was nice to see, and the crowd was electric, even with the long, de- long delay and the bad weather. Uh, the crowd was absolutely fantastic on a Wednesday night and as I said the Braves do come away with a three to nothing win both teams silent early in this game and really it was just a one inning that sixth inning which we'll obviously get into but I want to start out talking about Kyle Wright because he was fantastic in this game yeah he was freaking awesome in this game for sure and he went six innings two hits one walk no earned runs six strikeouts on just 83 pitches look if this was you know a regular season game he might have gone seven eight innings in this one Uh, so it truly was a great performance by Kyle Wright exactly the type of performance the Braves needed after obviously Max Freed in game two just or game one was not able to get it going and just was not himself. But six innings, only two hits, only one walk. It was interesting. He gave up four ground or he got four ground outs and five flyouts. Usually more of a, a ground ball pitcher, but I don't really care how you get them. You get them however you can in the postseason. And Kyle Wright was getting them in bunches. There was really only one stressful inning that Kyle Wright had in this game and that came in the second inning he gave up a leadoff double to Bryce Harper who was heating up uh, which is a little bit scary to see but then Kyle Wright got a fortunate line out right to Michael Harris and a ground out and a strikeout to get out of that inning other than that there wasn't a lot of stressful pitches for Kyle Wright in this game that's why I say I think he could have gone 
you know, a lot further in this game if needed to. But obviously, you got that bullpen ready to go after not having to use Mentor, Iglesias, and Jansen yesterday. So Snicker was not going to waste time in going to those guys. What I loved about Kyle Wright's performance, obviously, other than the final result, is 38 curveballs in this game. He went to his best pitch. And I kind of made this statement about Max Freed yesterday. Like, I think there was other circumstances going on with Max Freed. I just think he wasn't himself, didn't feel himself or whatever. But I thought he went to that fastball way too much, especially in that first inning when he didn't have the velocity. Look, the curveball to me is still Max Freed's best pitch. And I thought he should have gone to it a little earlier, especially with runners on base in that first inning. I love that Kyle Wright just continued to go to that curveball, and it was effective for him. I mean, it is his best pitch. He got seven swings and misses on it, six called strikes, 86-mile-per-hour exit velocity on eight balls in play against his curveball. So it was, you know, and the Phillies are a good off-speed hitting team, but still, it's your best pitch. It's your go-to. You go down with your strength. I felt like Max Freed didn't do that in game one, and I felt like Kyle Wright wasn't going to let that happen in game two he went to that curveball early and often and was highly effective with it so just an outstanding performance from Kyle Wright again when the Braves just absolutely had to have it uh, so love to see that start from Kyle Wright who again I've been saying all year long this was a guy coming into the year we did not know what we were going to get from Kyle Wright yeah he had a great year at Gwinnett last season he had a great performance in the World Series on the biggest stage and that's why some people ask me you know do I think do I think Kyle Wright the the moment will be too big for him this year how could it be he faced the most pressure-packed situation coming into a World Series game with runners on base and he got through that and pitched masterfully in that one so I don't think the moment's too big for him I think Kyle Wright has the confidence I think that was pretty evident here in game two um, so he is certainly that guy. Look, he's going to have games like Max Freed had on on Tuesday because he is typically a ground ball pitcher. And sometimes those ground balls are going to sneak through holes. We've seen it with Kyle Wright throughout the year where he'll give up six, seven, eight hits in a game. But most of those are singles. And as long as, you know, you're not giving up three or four of those in an inning as Max Freed did, then you're going to be able to limit the damage. And that's why Kyle Wright's been so consistent all year long in giving the Braves so many quality starts. But None bigger than the one he gave the Braves on Wednesday night to help even up this series. And I, I mentioned that that bullpen, um, and as Samuel Riley says here, that is the formula. Look, you give me even five innings. You give the starter gives me five innings, and you can go to McHugh, you know, Iglesias, Mentor, Jansen, however you want to draw it up. And that's exactly what Snicker did on Wednesday night. Again, no playing around, you know, Kyle Wright got you six innings. You go to Mentor, a clean 12-pitch, seventh inning. Iglesias gave up a one-out single to Gene Segura, who always hits against the Braves, but then got the next two guys out. Blew Schwarber away with a fastball right down the middle to end the frame. And then Jansen with a stress-free ninth inning. He had to get two outs. He had to get Bryce Harper out twice, but uh, he did get through that that last inning stress-free. And with that three-run lead, the Braves were able hang on i want to talk about the offense here real quickly and then in the second segment i'm going to go through your comments and any questions that you have so make sure that you're sending those in but the offense three runs you know on this night you know certainly on a night like this you know enough to get the job done so obviously you want a little bit more than that but you're going up against one of the best pitchers in all of baseball 
in Zach Wheeler. So to be able to scratch across three runs against him, you know, certainly good work by the Braves. Would have loved to seen them add a run or two in that seventh and eighth inning against some of the Phillies, you know, beat arms that they had out there. At that point, you know, I hate to say it, but that Braves bullpen, you know, you give them a three-run lead right now that they're throwing, still makes me a little nervous, but those guys have been really good. But three runs, just four hits. Phillies only had three hits all night. Um, and they had two walks as well. Big walk by Dansby Swanson in that sixth inning. So, again, not really a great night from the offense. But the big number here, they were two for nine with runners in scoring position last night and four and nine left on base. Tonight, three for four with runners in scoring position and left four on base. That's because they didn't have as many opportunities with runners on base. Um, so that was huge for the offense coming through when they did have those opportunities and the Braves hit the ball hard on this night. They had some real bad luck. They had some fortunate luck in that sixth inning, a couple of balls that weren't hit all that hard uh, that they, they got through. But they had nine of the 12 hardest hit balls in this game, and only two of those went for hits. Ozuna, Rosario, Travis Darno, and Michael Harris all had some really hard hit balls that had high expected, expected batting averages um, that didn't get down for hits. I don't know if that win was playing a factor. It looked like Ozuna thought he had one, and the, and the ball died right there at the wall. So I don't know if there was some of that going on, but the Braves hit the ball really hard on Wednesday. Uh, unfortunately, just didn't always get the results for some of those good swings. But again, you know, Zach Wheeler, you tip your hat. The guy was amazing as he's been. He retired 17 of the first 18 batters he faced. I mean, the Braves had nothing going. He retired the first nine batters of the game before Acuna led off the fourth inning with a single. So Wheeler was his dominant self. Braves couldn't do anything against him until that sixth inning. And I want to take a short break, and I want to come back, talk about that sixth inning, and then take some of your questions and comments. So make sure you're sending those in in the chat section. I'm fortunate enough that I don't I get to work from home, so I don't have to worry about the pains of wearing uncomfortable dress clothes all the time. But if that's you and you struggle with the hassle of changing clothes for different activities, going from the office to uh, kids' sporting events and then out with friends or to church or wherever, that Roan has the solution just for you. The dress shirt was due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the plate. Roan's commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man. And here's why. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf. It's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt. It's that easy. With Gold Fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner bill as well. The commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order order when you head to roan.com slash locked in and use code locked on. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Go to roan.com slash locked on. You want us to help support the show. Go there. Use the promo code locked on to get 20% off your order. So I mentioned the offense not necessarily uh, putting in a ton of work against Zach Wheeler, as you might expect, but 
they did finally get things going. It looked like Zach Wheeler was going to pitch a perfect game in this one. And then he, with two outs in the sixth inning, ran into a bit of trouble and a scary, scary moment for Ronald Acuna Jr. and Braves fans with two outs in the inning. Not intentional. I understand why Braves fans are booing Zach Wheeler to no end, but certainly no intent there with two outs in a 0-0 game. But a sinker does run in on Acuna, catches him. It looks like mostly on the forearm, but at 96 miles per hour, I'm sure it hurt Acuna down for a long time. And, you know, there were questions whether or not he was going to be able to stay in this game. And fortunately for the Braves, he did. And even when he did, you thought maybe he was just going to run the bases and then come out. They were going to use his legs and then uh, take him out of the game. We'll have to see what effect that has, you know, going forward. Um, it certainly does, you know, feel like that could have a lingering effect. Jeff Schultz reporting uh, no structural damage on Acuna's right elbow. So that is certainly great to see right there. So hopefully that's nothing to be too concerned about. You hate to see that. And look, it's not, again, not anything Zach Wheeler is trying to do. Nothing negative towards uh, Zach Wheeler there. But you just hate it for Acuna, who has been battling injuries all year, trying to come back from this ACL, You know, has not felt healthy, hasn't felt like himself all year long. Here he is in the postseason, what he's really fought to get back to, and he's hitting the ball well. He had a great game one. He was the only player with a hit against Wheeler uh, in game two up until that point. And then he takes one, 96 off the forearm, and you're just like, not again, not Acuna. So, look, it's good to hear that, you know, no structural damage. Hopefully everything's okay. I'm sure that's going to swell up on him. At least you have the off day now on Thursday to let that heal up a bit. You just really hope that there's no lingering effects there with Acuna. I mean, please just let him stay healthy and let him finish that post this postseason. But again, that's a rally starter for a Braves offense that had done nothing against Zach Wheeler up until that point. That seemed like it shook Zach Wheeler. You had the long delay as Acuna was sitting there, you know, on the ground being attended to. You had a long delay um, that certainly could have played into it a little bit. You had the fans getting all over Zach Wheeler again. He's a he's from the Atlanta area. I'm sure that doesn't feel good to him. Not something he was trying to do. But you know, after that, he walks Dansby, and you're starting to see you know. And, and also, he hadn't had a lot of base runners all night. And you've seen when guys have no hitters going, and you know they haven't pitched from the stretch a lot or haven't pitched with runners on base a lot. And Acuna on base is a stolen base threat. So you have the worry of that can throw you off your game a little bit. And so for a guy who was pinpoint accurate all night long, here he is. He hits a batter with two outs. And then after a long delay and a fast runner on first, he walks a batter in Dansby Swanson. And then Olsen comes up, hits the ball hard, but it's probably a ball that Reese Hoskins should make. I know if it's Matt Olsen over there, I want him making that play, but it goes off his glove into right field and the Braves score a run. Uh, I'm in the car at this point with my son, and we are going absolutely crazy. I mean, I couldn't get nothing going against Wheeler, and then you break through right there with two outs, what the Phillies did to the Braves all in game one. That was just a huge moment right there. You just feel you know, a huge sigh of relief from Braves fans everywhere once that ball gets through. And then after that, you know, Riley gets a swinging bunt. And the Braves have been hurt by those a lot this year. Listen on radio and uh, Joe Simpson, who sounds like he's batting a little bit of a, a cold himself. 
says, you know, the Braves have been victimized by that all year, and now they finally get rewarded for one. Another run scores, and then a great at bat by Travis Darno. This is the at bat I was looking for from him in game one that he didn't have and struck out on a pitch above the zone. You, you can normally count on Travis Darno to put the ball in play in these situations. And he did in game two and, you know, took a fastball high. That's what they got him with the pitch before that. That's what they got him with yesterday. Takes that pitch, fouls off a tough curveball down and away, and then kind of throws the bat at a slider down and away and is able to get it up the middle for a hit to drive in that big third run. You know, three runs obviously feels much better than two. Uh, so that was a huge hit there for Travis Darno, and the Braves get three runs there to take a 3 nothing lead and knock Zach Wheeler out of the game. Again, it looks like he was going to go nine innings. So that was obviously huge for the Braves there in that inning. And then lastly, got to mention the defense. And I saw a couple of you uh, pointing that out in the chat as well. But Dansby Riley, uh, Dansby and Riley with two huge catches in this game. One for Dansby Swanson, an over-the-shoulder catch going out to left field and Look, that was his ball or nobody else's. Eddie Rosario was playing against the fence and as fast as Michael Harris is, and I thought maybe he could have had a shot at that ball. I'm not saying he should have by any means, but just as fast as he is, you assume he's going to get to everything. But you kind of saw Dansby look out to left. You see how, how far back Rosario is playing. You know he's not getting there. And then Harris, obviously, playing center field, didn't have much of a shot to get to that. So it was a do-or-die play for Dansby Swanson and a great over-the-shoulder catch. And then Riley one-ups him an inning later going full speed into the tarp down the left field line to make a great catch. I mean, just two unbelievable plays. Just a, a much better game all around for the Braves in this one. You know, a clean game, obviously, on the mound by Kyle Wright. Clean defense, clutch hitting, exactly what wins you games in the postseason. And the Braves get it done this time. All right, I'm going to take a look at the chat real quick and, and look at some of these comments, a lot of them by Kyle Wright, obviously, uh, going tomorrow. This question here, can uh, can Charlie Morton bounce back this postseason or is it too late? You know, obviously, I'm waiting to see, and I'm, I'm checking Twitter to see uh, they're going to announce who's starting tomorrow, and I'll let you know if they do, or maybe me and uh, we'll have, they'll have it by the time me and Grant do the postcast later tonight. Yeah, Charlie Morton can bounce back. I've been saying this about Charlie Morton all year. As bad as he's been, he is a dominant type of pitcher. He gets strikeouts. I mean, he struck out over 200 batters this inning. That plays in the postseason. So he has that type of stuff and potential. He just has to execute, and the execution has just not been consistent start to start, sometimes inning to inning. So we know what Charlie Morton's capable of. He's certainly capable of going out there and giving you a dominant performance with the type of stuff that he has. Um, Ricky uh, Hall says, how can Kyle Wright not be considered favorite for Cy Young? I mean, uh, look, there's some great pitchers, obviously. I think he could get some votes, but he's got some tough competition on his own team with Max Fried and Spencer Strider. Uh, Shadow Ninja says, what a huge win. Yeah, I mean, they had to have it. Backs against the wall. Can't fall behind 2-0 and then go into Philadelphia. Uh, big win. Says, who do you want to be on the mound Friday night? It's going to talk about this a little bit in the final segment, but for me, it's, it's Spencer Strider. If he's healthy, ready to go, I say go with Spencer, uh, Spencer Strider. Uh, Kyle Wright was a master tonight. He certainly was. Um, Dan Carpinetti says they had four hits. Obviously glad they got the win, but they aren't getting far if the offense doesn't start hitting. Look, six runs in game one. I know they, didn't, they only had three runs tonight, but it was Zach Wheeler on the mound. 
Um, let's uh, let's see. No Tyler Matzik for the seeds. And that's, I'm gl glad you mentioned this here, Shadow Ninja. Not glad that it was announced, but unfortunately, Tyler Matzik, one of the heroes of last postseason, having Tommy John surgery. So he's out for all of next year, uh, obviously. So unfortunate news there for Tyler Matzik. Um, really just hated for him. Hope surgery and recovery goes well for Tyler Matzik. Uh, Garrett Clinton says, huge, huge follower of the channel. Thanks for all the content. Uh, the pitching was amazing. Yes, thanks for uh, thanks for following along with us, and the pitching was to amazing tonight. A um, couple more comments here. Right in the defense, outstanding. Dansby and Riley with big plays. Uh, awesome job. Go Braves. Do you bring Strider out of the pen or start him? Um, this question here by uh, Hooked Up Outdoors. Uh, I personally start him and ride him as long as he can go. I'm right there with you. And, look, I do it in game three. If he's ready to go, I throw him out there against Not Nola. Uh, let him go as long as he can. Hopefully he can give you three, four, maybe five innings. Um, I, I use him as a starter. Again, I, I mentioned this coming into the series, but the way the Braves bullpen is right now, like if there was a need out there, then yeah, by all means, you know, put that weapon out there. But the Braves bullpen is fine. Um, so I, I certainly would would ride Strider in the starting role if you can. Um, this question from Garrett Clemens as well. Did they figure out if Strider was going tomorrow? I haven't heard yet. Like I said, I'll give you an update. I thought a lot of those balls were gone and the balls just died tonight. Yeah, I mean, I do too. Like I said, there was a lot of balls hit hard that had some high expected batting averages that just didn't pan out. Uh, this question by Samuel Riley. What do we do with the bottom of our lineup? Ozuna getting good swings, but no one is doing anything. Look, it's the postseason and – you know, as good as the bottom of the lineup has been for the Braves, they're facing great pitching every day. And those guys are at the bottom of the lineup for a reason. Really need Michael Harris to get going. I mentioned he had a hard hit ball tonight uh, that couldn't, that, that didn't get down for a hit. It just seems like his confidence is a little off right now at the plate. So if they can get him going, that really makes the bottom of the lineup so much better. I'm not sure the situation with Grossman, obviously facing a righty tonight, but uh, getting pulled in that game one just still seems weird. Um, so I'm not really sure what's going on there. Um, RC is, you know, a fastball hunter. If he gets in a good count, he can certainly square one up. Pretty much the same for Ozuna, who almost had one tonight. Uh, Matt Moss says, crucial win for the Braves, season extending. Uh, now the pressure is on the Phillies in game three, and I think Charlie and Spencer will come through for us. I've said all along, if this series can get to a fourth game, which it's now guaranteed to get to a fourth game, I think advantage Braves. Um, because of the the pitching depth that they have, um, both uh, both of those catches didn't look easy. Yeah, that's for sure. Dansby and and Riley with some great catches. I like this comment here uh, from the Georgia Bulldog. Will Acuna is a trooper fighting through the pain. Look, he was hurting, and you know that hurt. Ninety six running in on your forearm. He's lucky that didn't break his arm. And you know he wants to stay in the game. You saw him shaking his head. You know probably when they were asking if he should come out. Um, but stays in that game. Definitely a trooper. Shadow Ninja says was worried about Junior uh, after he got hit by that pitch. I certainly was too. Thought that could have been really bad. A um, couple more here. Strider could be an option. He's been a beast against the Phillies. Certainly hit, hope he uh, is able to go. And then this question, last question here from Ethan Dial says, what do we do about left field this postseason and next year? I still think if the Braves, you know, do hang on to Von Grissom, they don't use them in some kind of trade this inning. Um, I I think they try him out in left field. Look, he's too good of a hitter. I think he's going to hit at the next level. 
if you can teach him left field and he can shift out there, I think he's athletic enough. He's young enough to learn the position. Um, I think that's certainly an option. Not really much left at the minor league level that you can count on, or they use Grissom and maybe go trade uh, for a left field bat that has years of control. So I think that'll be one of the bigger questions in the offseason, what they do in left field. We'll obviously be covering that here a lot on Locked On Braves. I appreciate all the questions and comments. Um, we're going to take one more break and come back and preview game three, but I really do appreciate all the interaction, all of you in here uh, on the chat. Uh, if you haven't joined us before and you're listening afterwards, make sure that you look for me after the game, after every post game, when we'll be going live. In game three of this series, we've kind of talked about it. Don't know if it's going to be Strider or Morton. Look, you, you asked me already. I kind of answered it. I go with Strider. If Strider's healthy, to me, you put him out there, you let him go, and you know you see how far he can go. If he can give you, I, I feel like you know, if he can give you at least three innings of just dominant baseball, then you live with that and you turn it over to that bullpen, um, and you know, kind of piece things together from there. So, I, you know, that's what I would do. Look, if you want to go with Charlie Morton, now that they won game two, it takes a little bit of the pressure off. You could go with Morton in game three, see what happens. And then either way, I think you start Strider in game four. So if you're going to stride, start him in either game three or game four for me, just go ahead and start him in game three, you know. And that way, if it is a short outing, maybe he comes back for an inning in game five if, if he can and, and the Braves need him to. So, for me, I go with Strider, but we'll see. You got an off day, obviously, to think about it. And Snicker saying after the game, um, you know, we have some options. So he still isn't, you know, hasn't made a decision one way or the other where he's going to go. Um, so I think it's going to be Strider. I would go with Strider. It's an opportunity to to grab a lead um, against the Phillies in Philadelphia. And then, again, I think you're set up. You got Morton in game four. And then, you know, potentially, you know, Max Freed in game five who didn't have to throw a lot of pitches in game one. He wasn't very good in game one, but hopefully he gets his strength back and potentially could go in a game five if needed. Yeah. Joseph recap says, just don't be Odorizzi. Yeah. Uh, let's hope that's, that's not the case. We see Odorizzi in this series. Something's gone either terribly bad or really good. And he's in there in some mop-up duty, but we do know going for the Phillies in game three will be Aaron Nola and, Look, Aaron Nola was really good down the stretch. You look at his overall numbers, you know, really good ERA under three, but it was a lot of hit and miss for him, kind of similar to what we've seen out of Charlie Morton this year. You look at his last nine starts, he's gone five earned runs, no earned runs, eight earned runs, one earned run, no earned runs, and then four earned runs, no earned runs, four earned runs, no earned runs. So you kind of see the trend there. It's been good, bad, good, bad for Aaron Nola, very similar to what we've seen with uh, Charlie Morton this year. So hopefully we get the bad version of Aaron Nola. We catch him on a bad night. And the Braves have honestly done pretty well against him this year. The first start of the year Aaron Nola had against the Braves, eight and a third innings, five hits, one walk, one earned, 10 strikeouts. Obviously the Braves were a different team there in May. But since then, they've been a lot better against him. In June, he went seven innings but gave up four earned on seven hits and a walk. Uh, and then in July, six innings, seven hits and a walk, five earned runs. And then in, in sept uh, September 17th, seven innings, seven hits, two walks, four earned runs. And then his last start against the Braves uh, didn't give up any earned runs, but gave up four hits and walked three batters. So 
again, the Braves have done fairly decent against Nola this year. The one thing with Nola, he's going to strike out batters in four or in all five of his starts, he struck out at least seven. And in four of the five starts, he struck out at least eight batters. So he's going to get his strikeouts, but he also will walk some batters and he'll also make some mistakes. Braves just have to take advantage when he does make those mistakes. Had the big wipeout curveball. Doesn't throw very hard. Not a high-velocity pitcher, but batters are hitting just 196 against his four-seam fastball this year because it plays very well off that very good curveball. So, again, Braves are very familiar with him. They've had some success against him this year. He has gone at least six innings and in all five starts he's had against the Braves this year. So, you know the Phillies are looking for him to give them some innings in this start, but a pitcher that the Braves can get to and a pitcher that's been kind of hot, hit or miss, hot or cold here over the last month or so. So, again, it's going to be a difficult matchup, no doubt about it. Aaron Nola, very good. He was great in his start in the wild card series against the Cardinals, but this offense, the Braves offense, I know they didn't do a ton on in game two, but they did just enough and they faced a really good pitcher. So, all the confidence in the world in the Braves offense coming out against Aaron Nola, hopefully putting up a crooked number and taking a two to one series lead with whoever the Atlanta Braves put on the mound. Again, for me, I'm thinking it's going to be Spencer Strider. If it were me, I'd put Spencer Strider out there. I want to give uh, one quick quote here to end it. Uh, Brian Snicker talking about Ronald Acuna Jr.'s injury or the hit by pitch after the game. And he said, uh, the best thing that happened is he scored. We had a little time to get him downstairs and check him out. The longer he was there, the more he started g getting feeling back and no structural damage. So that's certainly you know good news to hear. Um, he said, to be honest, I, I was hurting. This is Acuna talking. To be honest, I was hurting pretty bad, but there was no way I was going to get out of that game. And asked, how does he feel now? We won. Everything feels good. So you ever got any questions about the character and the ability of Ronald Acuna Jr. and his desire to be in there and win? I think you saw it tonight. I mean, not many guys are going to take 96 off the forearm like that and not only not come out of that game, but then just to have the attitude that he had to stick around in that game and say he's not coming out. Look, Acuna wants this. He may want this more than anybody after having to sit on the sidelines for the playoff run last year. So I do hope he's okay. I do hope this doesn't have any lingering effects for Ronald Acuna Jr. going forward, but certainly great to hear no structural damage. Again, I want to thank all of you who joined me live. Thank all of you who support the show and listen afterward. I really do appreciate it a ton. Thanks for all the comments and questions. We'll be back live again on Friday after game three of this series where the Braves are hopefully going to take a two-to-one lead in this series. But that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On MLB, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and a unique perspective, talking about the biggest stories from around the league. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves. And make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you check out the postcast later tonight with me and Grant McCauley. But that will do it for us, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 